0: Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe.
1: What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is JJ Hernandez, and joining us on the show today is the one and only William Jackson with IPL Athletes. Will, what's going on today? How you doing, man? What's up, man? How you feel? I'm always good, always good, always a good day on this end. I appreciate you being here. Excited to have you on. And before we dive into the nitty gritty of what you have going on with IPL, you know, first,
2: why don't you tell us how you got started? Oh, man. Um, two ways, two ways. One, uh, i played sports all my life, right? So whenever somebody sees me um, working out, they always ask me, like, hey, can I join you? And so that was uh, a part of it. Another part of it was um, I wanted to get into coaching, especially with basketball. So I looked at it as a way to just be able to interact with some people um, and then train them one-on-one and see where I could depict their game at and where I could help them develop at. And then also um, I majored in business in college. Uh, Business, I got my associate's degree from Montgomery College in business. And then once I transferred to Bowie State University, I received my degree in business management. And I had one professor who asked me uh, pretty much every day or every time we had class, what type of business are you going to own? And I never knew the answer to that question. I never knew the answer to that question. And literally every single class, he said, what type of business are you going to own? And I never knew. But I just put, I put uh, my passion with uh, being able to help somebody and being able to make a positive impact in somebody's life. I put those two together and I made it happen in August of 2019.
1: Love it. I love it. No better month than August, man. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think uh, it's a good, it's a big sign that I think in my eyes that that professor saw the entrepreneurship in you. And I think entrepreneurship is in your blood. Whether you know it or not, it's in your blood and you can't, you can't run away from it. So that's awesome. And so we'll start with the bare bones basics here. We dive in a little bit to the business. How many clients are you at
2: now? Uh, I'm arranging between ten to fifteen clients at the moment. Gotcha, gotcha. And, and for you, let's say I'll use
1: myself as the avatar. If I came in, Will, and I'm like, "Hey, Will, I'm ready to get started. I'm ready to rock. Let's do it."
2: What would I then have to pay to become an active client? Uh, well, it depends on how how quickly do you want to work your way in. You know, doing a thirty minute session. Do you want to work your way in doing a forty five minute session, or do you want to work your way in doing a sixty minute session, and then we go from there. And then uh, whether or not you want to do it, you know, one time, see how you like it, fill it out, or if you want to just hop right into the subscription package, right? With the subscription package, I offer uh, 10 sessions, about 10 sessions in a month. And so we work our way there. And then do you want to work your way up? Or do you feel as though like, hey, I'm ready to go. Let's rock and roll. Let's get it. And so we'll either go from $25, if it's individual sessions, up to $40, uh, depending on time 11 or if you want to do the subscription, it ranges from 150 to
1: $275. Love it. I love it. And so now, on the topic of
2: clients, what has been the best method to finding new clients? Word of mouth. It's still word of mouth. It's still yeah. word of mouth. Because that's the best way. Um, just getting a person's uh, personal experience. Um, and then having that one-on-one touch. And then them being able to. So spread the word to their friends and then to be able to spread the word to their friends. That's how, that's how my clientele grows. I love that. I think, I mean, whether it's old school or not, which,
1: you know, anybody can attest to that. I think it's in that, it's a part of marketing. I don't think there's one way that's better than every way. I think, um, you know, obviously social media is an asset, mm-hmm. you know, word of mouth is an asset, whatever it may be. I think um, all those things can serve you well. But uh, I love that you're you're, you're super consistent with whatever method is working for you, right? I think, yeah. and the fact that you know it is the biggest thing, right? Yeah. So, yeah. and so, hypothetically speaking, here, if traffic was unlimited and you can get endless amounts of clients, endless amounts of leads, what would that? How much work can you handle? Like, how much higher can you go from where you're
3: Man, at? Home?
2: you know, I get that. I get asked that question all the time. And literally the same question, repeatedly for the past couple of weeks, actually, is like, hey, are you available to take on more clients? And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, because I offer, uh, my goal uh, that I said when I first started the business is to have at least 10 clients a day, at okay. least 10 clients a day, right? Wow. Whether that's 30-minute session, whether that's 40-minute session, whether that's 60-minute session, whether that's in-person, going to somebody, or a virtual trainer, I wanna be able to have at least 10 session clients a day. So that's my goal. I love
3: that,
2: I love that. And so
1: I think if we were to take a step back here and go into leads, right? Let's say I was interested, Mm -hmm. maybe not ready to join just yet. And I'm like, you know what, Will? I like what you do. I know you train Sarah and she made mad progress let's say, walk me through this, the client journey. So mm-hmm. from me being interested to them being sold the package to them being onboarded, what does that whole process look like for you?
2: So for me, you have to meet the client where they are, right? So you have to meet the client from where they are. So I have a lot of clients who, or a lot of potential clients who are initially interested, right? But they see, when they see somebody working out all the time, it's like, oh man, I'm not ready for you to kill me right now. Like, I got to work my way up. But for me, what I do is I cater each workout to the client. I meet them where they are and I cater the workout to the client. So for them, it makes it easier because once we spark interest, it's like, all right, cool. I tell my clients all the time, hey, let me know when you're ready. And then I put the ball in their court, right? And so when they pump this up, you know, get enough energy to see, like, all right, cool, I can do this. And then we could go from there. And then I'll cater the workout from there. And then, you know, it's a couple of communications. You know, yeah. a lot of communication here and there, a lot of meetups, um, you know, see each other passing by or just a phone call or a text message, you know, just staying consistent with the method um, and then just maintaining that relationship. Like, hey, I'm here when you're ready. So that's the best way I could put it. Yeah.
1: And so this question is a little bit longer, but I think it's going to serve us well. I'm kind of interested to see your answer. If you need to repeat anything, by all means, just let me know because it is a little long um you know in business especially the fitness and gym industry there's about three pillars of business reach pretty predominantly that first one's going to be your lead generation that's your marketing that second one's going to be your client acquisition which is your sales and that last one's going to be your retention and ascension which is keeping your clients longer but getting them to buy more from you in that process yeah so of those three will where do you
2: feel like you could improve the most uh client acquisition i know the best uh, my best method right now or my best pillar is the client retention um, I started this business probably two and a half years ago and I'm still having the same clients that I from when I was first started and then which is big um, yeah. but you also with me in terms of client retention it's you know once you have the clients you want to make sure like alright cool I'm going to set you up but I want you to be able to do these on your own without have, making me, you know, without me having to be there to walk you through the steps. Like, I want you to be able to work out on your own without me. Um, and so getting that client retention is very key for me. But client acquisition and just learning the different methods, whether it's word of mouth, whether it's marketing, whether it's social media, you know, finding that avenue um, to gain client acquisition. And so that's what I'm uh, mostly uh, putting a lot of effort into right now. I love it.
1: I love it. And I appreciate the honesty and transparency. Especially on air when you know that you can, you can mention that regardless of success, you know that you can improve. And I appreciate that. The viewers appreciate that. I think that's great. And, and so, you know, one last question here before we, we, we finish up here. Um, what's the bigger picture, man? What are you trying to
2: accomplish? What's the goal in the next six months, a year? What are you trying to do? Man. So our mission here at Impact Promises Legacy Athletes is to make a positive impact in someone's life, no matter whether, you know, where we meet them at, whether they are clients, whether they're, you know, first-time visitors, or the goal is to make a positive impact in some form or fashion. Um, where I want my own facility. I'm going to have my own facility. Um, and it's going to be, um, the goal is a multimillion-dollar facility. Right. That way I can tie everything in and be in a one stop shop, because that's what I pride myself in um, with all the services that I have now. But it's just building on um, and gaining new uh, employees to be able to help me out with this process. So with a business can be able to grow um, as well as, you know, with new employees, then they can bring up uh, clientele and have them, you know, build their clientele list and showing them how to do it. Um, But being that one-stop shop, so right now, the services I offer is uh, fitness trainer, athletic development in terms of like sports development, uh, recovery, revitalization, um, guided meditation, sauna. And so just continuously building on those services and um, making it a bigger picture, you know, so it'll be a one-stop shop for everybody to come in one location. I love it, man.
1: I love it. Look, think it's a good place to wrap things up on this episode here, Will, but before we sign out,
2: please shout out your Instagram, your website, anything you have. Where can people find out more about you and the gym? Absolutely. So my website is www.iplathletes.com. And you should also follow me on Instagram and Facebook at IPL Athletes. I love it. I love
1: it. Look, we absolutely appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast and look forward to seeing what you can accomplish on the road. Um, and to everyone who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about our future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you want to come in and join us and talk about your fitness business, the within click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but
0: Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview.
4: What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Jim Lord's Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald, and joining us on the show is Mr. Larry Trainor of Ocean County Martial Arts, coming to you from Forked River, New Jersey. Larry, what's going on? How are you, sir? I'm very good, sir. I'm glad to be with you today. I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited to pick your brain. Larry, you are no spring chicken when it comes to running your own business. Before we dive into all of the fun, exploring the ins and outs of what you do, talk to us a little bit about this studio and when you opened and and how we got here in the first place.
3: Okay. I was teaching for my instructor for many years, and then 1989, I opened the dojo and uh, we're still affiliated with each other to this day. Um, I am ranked in jiu-jitsu under the USJA as a rokyudan, And uh, we practice more of the Japanese-based jujitsu.
4: Got it. Okay. And so, obviously, the, the focus here is on martial arts. Let me ask you this because I've talked to a number of martial arts studios For you, do you find that you have more of your clients on the competitive side looking to get into fights or competitions? Or do you find that you have more everyday ma and pa sort of people
3: just looking to learn a little bit and and at the same time get into a little bit better shape? I have a lot of people that want to get in better shape. And their goal is to train and learn a little self-defense, have some cardio and at the same time, you know, the discipline, they, they really strive on that.
4: Yeah. I, I think it's an interesting vehicle for improved health, improved wellness, and all of these different things. And a lot of pe- a lot of the time people are looking to use it for such, right? Not just to compete or to learn the art form, but to use it almost as a workout in and of itself. Is that what you've seen as well? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and so like we said, Larry, you've been doing this for quite some time. I wanna, I wanna open up this discussion with kind of a high level view of this. In your time owning this studio, what's been your favorite part about owning this business and what's been the most challenging part about owning this business?
3: Well, the nice part about owning the business is uh, we give a lot of one-on-one instruction with each student. And uh, a lot of children, uh, they may have a little challenge, and we meet their challenges. Uh, Same thing with adults. So we're there to help you. Um, you, You're not going to have everybody that's in the best of shape. Somebody may have an injury, a lower back injury, or whatever, and we work with them accordingly. Basically we run a nice show. Um, like you said, I've been open for 33 years. It's been a passion of mine. Right. Um, I enjoy teaching and I do hold another full-time job and, but I treat the dojo as my second family.
4: Got it. Okay. And so second part of that question, what's been kind of the biggest challenge when it comes to running a business like this?
3: Well, biggest challenge is you have your overhead, you have high overhead, um your insurances sure you know you have everything that uh, everybody else has it's just a smaller level or a bigger level right and so, so financial more or less has, has yeah been- it's, it's it's like having another mortgage on a house sure absolutely sure. but when you love what you do it all comes together of
4: course and so overhead is is certainly uh something that everybody listening to this can certainly relate to. What I mean, obviously, I don't, I don't think I'm pointing out any sort of crazy wisdom here, but one way to not have to worry about overhead is to make sure that the money coming in is far higher than that, right? And so for you guys, the main service of this comes in the form of a monthly membership. Is that Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Give us an idea. I don't think we don't need to get into specific numbers or or your bank account, but how do your prices compare to other sorts of businesses within this kind of model?
3: Um, I think our prices, uh, especially in Forkett River area, we're all around the same price range, maybe $10 more, $10 less.
4: Got it. All right. And, And so within... The confines of what you have with the resources and the facility, are you able to increase the amount of people
3: that you work with right now, or are you pretty full on capacity? Um, Not right now. Uh, We're working on getting more students involved, and uh, we're we're always working on that, so that's a a challenge for everybody. Summertime's a little bit slower, but then other people come in because they want to get in shape. Yeah. That's true. So we have room for
4: growth. Bottom Absolutely. Line. Walk us through how we're going to take advantage of that. What's your plan to generate interest and bring more people into the business?
3: Well, my, my goal is to uh, do a few women's self-defense programs along with a, uh, say a spouse, they can come in husband and wife and bring a child so they can do like a family night and then they would get interested. Maybe the child would like it. Maybe the parents would like it or one parent would like it or they would come in together. Like I do have a few parents that come in with their children. Yep. And I think that's a big thing today.
4: Sure. So the, the avatar or the demographic that you're targeting is more families than anything else. Is that right? Absolutely. Let me let me ask you this Larry have you ever put money into advertising of any sort to try to get more of that type of lead yes what's been what's been the platform i mean there's any number of ways to spend money in this business larry that's for sure where have you invested your time and your
3: resources well i've i've invested a lot of a uh... We did a couple shows for WWE, uh, which they promoted us. Um, I was also uh, I ran I ran a well I ran a couple tournaments with a couple instructors. That was another promotional. Uh, we raised uh, money for Epilepsy Foundation. That brought more students in. Uh, we did St. Jude's Children's Hospital. Um, we did MDA. And uh, our dojo raised quite a bit of money over the years that we're open.
4: Yeah. And so as far as the advertising piece of this, where are you putting money to try to generate new leads?
3: Right now I'm uh, putting the money back into the school because I just, I I just uh, rematted the school and uh, you know, we have brand new mats, um, new equipment, new bags, so uh, I put my money into right into the school and sure. uh, I did a couple uh, shows with um, uh, last week I did a senior citizen self-defense program that I was invited down to. And that turned out really well. And out of those people they're starting to recruit their grandchildren. There you go. Plenty of resources that way. Yes.
4: Sure. And and, and so if I could say this, it seems like the growth thus far has been more organic, right? People sort of finding you more than you proactively going out and finding people. Is that correct? That's correct. Do you think at any point that you will invest in, and I mean, in 2022, typically it it comes in the form of of social media or digital marketing of some sort. Do you think at any point you'll put money into advertising on on Facebook or on Instagram or Google or any of these platforms? Absolutely. You you think you will? Yes. Fantastic. All right. And and so take us to the next step, Larry, because obviously getting leads in and and getting interest is great. Every business needs it, but at a certain point, that lead needs to transition to a paying client. And, And so walk us through how you have handled the sales process in the past. What can someone expect if they reach out to you from that moment until they sign up as a new member?
3: Okay. As they come in, I offer a free uniform with our program, which uh, uniforms are a little pricey today, but when everybody hears free uniform, they want to come in because they're saving $35, $40. Okay. Um, Basically, with the uniform program, with the self defense, also, we offer a two for one special. So, two people can come in for the price of one. Sure. So, for the month, plenty of value there. There's a lot of value there, um, a lot of uh, clients in there. Now, there were quite a few dance studios also that came to me, and I taught them self defense. I did work with neurologically impaired children also, and I taught them self-defense. I was their gym teacher for two years, and that was through the Education Academy. Yeah, and so plenty so of, I, plenty I was of was different paid ways. By the, yes, I was getting paid by the state. Yep,
4: got it. And so we, we offer a lot of value on the front end. You're giving out free uniforms. We're doing a two-for-one sign-up if that's, if I'm understanding that properly, where do you, where do you ultimately see this going in the future, Larry? Do you think that, how, how big do you want to take this business? Let me ask that question.
3: Well, I, I think, uh, it will grow to a bigger location. Um, it's probably going to happen within a few years for me. Within a few
4: years, you'll get to a bigger location.
3: Yes, absolutely. I have people coming to me from Atlantic City, from North Jersey. I have people coming all over.
4: I mean, that's an incredibly exciting proposition here. And so getting to a bigger location infers to me, at least, that you're in this for the long haul and really interested in growing this. Is that right? Absolutely. Do you think at any point you'll bring on additional staff or, or other people to help you run this thing? Yes. Fantastic. Okay. Well, Larry, I I think one way that I like to wrap these up and sort of put a bow on these episodes is to ask the question, and it's somewhat hypothetical, but helpful nonetheless. If you were able to to hop in a time machine and tell your former self 30 some years ago, a piece of advice that would help you run a business moving forward? What would be the best advice that you could give to your former self? Well, I
3: would say that I would be a little more tech savvy and get on with the computer world, which I am. Uh, I'm not doing bad for an older guy, uh, but I should be doing a lot better. Yeah.
4: I think that that certainly a lot of people feel the same. I'm sure it's especially post pandemic running a business is so closely tied to being tech savvy, like you're saying. And so these are these are skills and, and I'm sure that the more time you spend on them, the better that you've gotten. But I think that's a, a tremendous piece of advice. Larry, let's let, let's sort start to wrap this whole thing up before we sign out of here. Where can people find out a little bit more about your business? Is there a website? Is there yes? You can of? go
3: you can go to the usj.net and we're on their website. It's United States Judo Association, Jiu-Jitsu Division. All right. And just look
4: up, Ocean, look up it'll, it'll, arts,
3: it'll bring you right to Ocean County Martial Arts Studio. Fantastic.
4: Larry, I, I really appreciate your time. I always enjoy these types of conversations where Gym owners and, and studio owners like yourself are willing to be a little bit vulnerable and, and talk about what they're not good at just as much as what they are good at. And so I appreciate your time tremendously. I'm excited to see what the future of this business shapes up like, and we'll be cheering for you. Okay. Fantastic. Thank you, sir. Thank you. And to everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. Don't forget if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lord's
0: out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors.
5: Welcome to the Gym Wars podcast where we talk fitness business with gym owners who are in the trenches changing lives in their area. I'm your host Dominic. Today I'm here with my guest owner of CrossFit Lions Den and Rhett Barber Fitness in Orlando Florida. The man, the myth, the legend Rhett Barber. How you doing today? Hey what's up buddy? How much man? I'm pumped to get into this so give us a quick overview here about CrossFit Lions Den and Rhett Barber Fitness. You're a multi-talented entrepreneur at this point. So tell us what you got going on.
6: Yeah. So I started CrossFit Lions then about eight years ago. I was uh, 23 years old and I was actually coaching at another gym in Okowe, which a couple of towns over. And this guy liked my style of coaching and kind of like just asked me like when I want to open my own gym. And I looked at him, and I was like, well, it's like, you know, 60, 80 K to open up a gym. I don't really have that, I'm, you know, working this as a side hustle. And uh, he's like, well, you know, If you're serious about it, he goes, I'll put the money and we'll split it 50-50. You run the gym and I run the business side. And I kind of thought he was full of crap or whatever. And then uh, a week later, he asked me if I found a place. And I was like, find a place for what? He's like, our gym. And I was like, dude, if you're serious, man, you go with me and we'll go look. So that way I'm not looking like a jackass running back and forth for nothing. So he went with me. We found a a location here in Lake Nona in Orlando, Florida. And uh, it's been a wrap ever since, man, Uh, opened up. Uh, like I said, we've been open up for eight years now, and then when COVID hit, I started Red Barber Fitness because I, I realized like we got to pivot and go online when the quarantine stuff hit. So that's what I did. Started Red Barber Fitness, and I'm running those two things now.
5: Awesome, man. So let's let's go from the beginning. Was rough, right? You're you're kind of a, a closet to CEO story. So we can't go through the whole thing, but. Tell us, you know, about what it was like getting started, and what the major milestones were when, you know, coming to this point where you are really in the CEO role of your business.
6: Yeah, man. So I started off, like I said, I moved from my town where I was coaching at. I moved about 45 minutes away from that area, so I wasn't affecting their clients or anything like that. And uh, I started off with zero clients. Like I remember, I opened up, and when I was building the place out. Um, me and my mom were painting the place. You know, it was just me and my mom that did all the work, bringing the equipment in and stuff like that. And we got a billboard out front. We put the billboard up, said CrossFit lines in a billboard. And as we're building a place out, we had two people come in. I uh, kind of gave them a spiel of what CrossFit was. They signed up before I even opened the gym. So I had two clients on the day that I opened. And one client was at 6 a.m. And the other client was at 8 p.m. <laughs> so in the middle of that whole day, like for – about a week to two weeks, I had just those two clients, you know, random people come in here or there. Um, but there was nothing going on throughout the day when I first started. And uh, I was living, I took a red couch from my neighbor's house and my parents. And I slept on, I took the mattress out of that pullout couch and I put it in the closet at the gym. And I slept on that for the first 18 months of my business. And for about the first 12 months or so, I was living off of 50 bucks a week. So that's how CrossFit Lions then started. And now, you know, we have a great community. The atmosphere is amazing. Uh, we have about 140 ish clients and it's just been a blessing ever since.
5: All right. So along the way, these are always the interesting things or like, what were the inflection points where you felt like you were really making progress as a business owner? Was it you know, getting to 20 members or 50 members or hiring your first coach? Like what were some of the big milestones for you in building the business? I know a lot's happened in eight years plus, but, you know, what are some of the things that you look back on and you're like, oh, I could breathe a little bit. Maybe I can get an apartment. Like what are the the areas where you felt, you know,
6: real big chunks of progress? Definitely passing the hat off for coaching. Getting a morning coach was a game changer. Cause again, I was coaching all the classes. So I had classes at 6am, 8am, 10am open gym from one to four and then four, six, 8pm. And my classes were about 90 minutes long back. then. I did extra stuff with my clients. Um, instead of just the 60 minutes in and out, but hiring a morning coach was when I could finally breathe. Um, but the crazy part was I had nowhere to go because I was, I was sleeping in the closet, of the gym. So like I had to still wake up early and I'd actually drive down to the parking lot down the street, and I would go back to sleep while my morning coach came and coached the classes. because I was kind of keeping it a secret um, that the coach was living in the gym. Um, but hiring a coach—that was—that was a big part of it. Yeah, I realized pretty quickly that I could not run all the classes by myself and keep that afloat much longer.
5: All right, so we'll fast forward. You know, you've—you've you've built something. You've got—I mean, we can go into actual member count if you want, but. Suffice to say, you've got you've got a, a fair amount of members. You've got plenty there. You've been through all the different different fads, different ups and downs, marketing, advertising, sales. Like along your way, what are some of the things that have worked best for you with getting the type of members that you want that have turned into your core group? Uh, you know, well in excess of hundred clients, which is where most CrossFit gyms want to be. Uh, what are some of the strategies? Some of the means that have worked best
6: for you for growing your membership base the way you have. Yeah, man, just just pay attention to your people. Like, be a people person. Um, when I first started, I didn't do any Facebook ads, Instagram ads. Like I guess I was never a social media person. What I did do in the beginning was I jumped on Groupon because that's the only thing I knew. Uh, crazy enough, it was seventy bucks for a two month membership. <laughs> So, I was making barely nothing off of that, but it was bringing people in, so I was able to meet people and talk to them and being able to talk with them, they felt like I was paying attention to them and giving the respect that they needed and stuff like that and, and listen to what their goals and needs were for coming to a gym and just building that atmosphere of making people feel welcome is what made people want to stay and you know we've been blessed to have a good group of core people that you know I've had people that were with me for Going past eight years now, they've been with me from the get-go, just because of the cultural of the gym. And at one point, there was five gyms on our corner. Within a half a mile of each other was five CrossFit gyms. And uh, you know, I'd like to say like we're the most popular one. I mean, you go from gym to gym, they all have the same barbells, they pretty much have the same rogue equipment, rubber floors. But it's the atmosphere that we built um, that has been the game changer. So just paying attention to people. You know, making them feel heard is what's going to be the game changer from gym to gym. Got it. Got it.
5: And you've really morphed your role in the business. You're out of mostly day-to-day operations, but you're staying highly visible. You're having communications with clients. You're in there shaking hands, kissing babies, doing all that stuff. And that's where you primarily spend your time in the in-person CrossFit business, correct?
6: Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I got my morning coach in there now. I have my evening coach. Um, I usually show up around. I go in the morning sometimes and meet with some of my one-on-one clients and I kind of hang out and just talk with some of the members that are in the classes. So I do get to meet with my morning people. I'm there for open gym. So I talk to people there during open gym. And in the evening I hang out for the first couple of hours in the evening classes, chat with them, make sure everybody's doing good. See how the day was, you know, and, and how they're doing with the gym.
5: Now, when you're in there, having those conversations, talking to people, do you feel like you're getting good, useful feedback for ideas of what you're doing well, what people want? Are you getting actionable information out of these conversations or is it purely just
6: building relationship capital? It's relationship. So just asking, them, you know, how the weekend was, if they did anything fun over the weekend. And if they do have, you know, then, then that, that, that road is open for them to say, Hey, you know, I do have a question on my nutrition part, or I am, I do have a question about, you know, my elbow hurting and stuff like that. So then we go into details about that, but just walk it up and just saying, Hey, you know, how was your day? And then how was your weekend? How's your family doing? Oh, good. Good. You know, we were doing this. I was playing football with my kid. I noticed I have a pain in my elbow. Okay. Well, what's the pain? And we start looking at it. And I was like, all right, let's check out some mobility stuff. And then from there that relationship grows because I said, hello, how are you doing? And we're able to fix a problem that which they probably never would have brought up in the first place because they don't want to be a bothersome.
5: Yeah. And I think having that extra person on the floor is something a lot of group fitness classes struggle with because you have, everybody's got their set times morning and afternoon where people will come and work out. So we all, for the most part, try to butt our classes up against each other, whether it's 45, 15 hour. Now with COVID, sometimes there's a little buffer, but it's just coaches running around trying to clean, sanitize all that stuff. And members will see a coach going from a back to back class and they don't want to be a bother, but they may have a question or they may want to say something and maybe they can talk to their neighbor, you know, the, you know, somebody else that's working with them or something like that, but really doesn't have that same power. So rather than put the onus on your coaches to try to run classes, get started on time, all that, you're inserting yourself into it and saying, hey, just coach your ass off, just take care of the clients during, and I'm going to foster these relationships in between, before, after, and really build on that.
6: Yeah, I mean, our classes aren't gigantic. We do have like maybe two or three classes that do get pretty big, and it's good to have that second coach on the floor helping a little bit. Um, But like I said earlier, like, I haven't tried to explode my gym past the walls. So it's not like our coaches are babysitting the classes. Our coaches are actually able to coach. So that being able to raise your hand and ask a question is always there. But yeah, it's nice to have that second person on the floor, like me, walking around, just making sure everybody's doing okay. All
5: right. Okay. So this feeds right into one of the the really strongest points that I want to get into in our conversation is you have your membership base, and I'm sure it can fluctuate a couple of members given from month to month, but you're at about where you want to be for a cap. So to, to throw a bow on what you're already doing, you're not spending a lot of time and energy incorporating new people into classes, getting to know people. You're just really nurturing this core group and not making an effort to just pack as many people into the gym as you can and grow it till you're bursting at the seams so when did you realize hey enough is enough this is the amount of people that i can service to the degree i want to and this is what i'm going to do about it
6: honestly that we never like i said before besides doing groupon when i first opened like the first three or four months um we have never marketed on like facebook advertisements things like that i mean besides having a billboard out front everything has been word of mouth. Basically, I would say about 75% of people coming into the gym or from friends that are members of the gym, um, whether they've gotten results or they're just, saying, hey, where are you at all the time? They say, well, I'm at Lion's Den. Well, what is Lion's Den? They bring them in. They like the culture. They stick around. So we have never really tried to blow up through marketing. It's always been a word of mouth. And that's why I think our culture, our atmosphere. Is is so different and so unique compared to other gyms because everyone's already friends. You know, it's it's just a good group of people. Everyone's friendly, positive. Um, but yeah, as far as members go, like like 140 ish. I mean, we're we're good there. I mean, we could get a couple more in. Like, we could probably go to 160 and still be okay. Um, but it does go up and down depending on the season. Like right now, I noticed the last two weeks it's been pretty slow in the gym. I think because this is the first summer in about two years that people can go travel. So I think a lot of people are traveling. So some of my busier classes are down to like, usually there's 18 people in the class. It's down to like maybe six or seven people in my busy classes. And in my slower classes, I usually have about six people down to one to two people right now. And I really think it's because of the summertime, first time being able to go out and go to the beaches, go travel without having to have a mask on or show any kind of vaccine passports or anything like that. So uh, it does vary from season to season where everybody's at.
5: Yeah, for sure. And that, that um, that's something we didn't really talk about beforehand, but I'm interested. You said your busier classes generally can get up to like 18 clients. Is that a hard cap that you put in place for client to coach ratio? And, or is that based more on space? A little bit of both? Where did that number come
6: from? A little bit of both, but we don't, we, we say we have a cap. Um, we tell people it's a 12 person cap, um, but I don't turn anybody away because a lot of people don't sign into class until they get their people really bad on signing the class prior to getting there. And instead of having that argument with someone saying, Hey, you know, you didn't sign up. You can't come in today. You're going to have to wait an hour before you can work out. That's kind of, kind of ruined that person's vibe with me and, and the way they feel about the gym. So it's all right. Hey, you know, we'll, we'll fit you in. Go ahead, grab a barbell, start warming up, blah, blah, blah. Um, and a lot of times like I'm on the gym floor. I'm like, Hey, Lobo, you're going to go here. Zeus, you're going to go here, Jordan. And I'll, Put people in a position where I want them to be, where I can see that they're going to be safe. And if the wad is something where it's a busy class and they have to do a lot of walking around, I'll change the wad up on the fly. I'll pull a screen up on a computer notes, write the workout that's very similar, but where they can move safely and maybe they're in the same spot. So instead of doing bar over the burpees, they're just doing burpees parallel to the bar, just up and down. Um, instead of walking around because we have you know a pretty open floor in the middle instead of people trying to walk around each other where people are doing snatches and trying to get to the rig to do pull-ups maybe I change those pull-ups to bent over rows or something like that whatever it needs to be changed up but yeah safely you know 12 to 15 people you know that's comfortable 18 to 22 people um, that's when I gotta start changing some things up and you know I think as coaches you need to be the alpha of the group and say hey you're gonna go here you're gonna go here this is your lane this is your bar to your pull-up bar this is where you're gonna be and people understand that like they get it they, they know that i say hey guys it's a busy class we're gonna have to change some things up you are gonna be limited on how much you can move back and forth or we have to take out dubs you know because jump rope takes up a lot of space and so no one gets whacked so we'll take out dubs change it for burpees they might bitch and complain at first like oh burpees but they get the idea yeah, for sure. And I think
5: that's one of those other things with you not leashing yourself to a schedule where you have to be the coach, but you're there a lot, lets you not overstep or like big time your coach, but everybody knows you're the owner of this and throw them an assist, right? To come in and be like, hey, this is cool. Don't stress about having to watch 18 people. I get your back. We're going to do this and this fist bump, and then you can rock with it rather than having a coach that's stressed out or having to have that conversation about, hey, sorry, we're capped. This is as many people as we can safely do this workout. You're not hanging them out to dry. You're there when you need to be, but if you got something to go and do, you can, you can disappear if you have to.
6: Yeah, like my morning coach, he's, he's, he's been with me for a few years now, and he started with me as a member probably about six years ago um and and he wanted to become a coach so he went through some kind of academy become a personal trainer got his level one i hired him um he's been with me for about uh about three years now a little over three years so i know he can handle the bigger classes now like he gets it he knows where people can go he doesn't have issue with taking charge um i've seen that with some coaches who have hired in the past they don't want to take charge of the class they're kind of just there to give give the workout, show, demonstrate, but they don't take charge of it. And I think it's very important as a coach to take charge and, you know, me being able to show them how to do that in the beginning. Now they have the confidence to do it. Um, Some of the newer coaches that I've had, you know, I kind of stick with them a little bit longer, like shadow them. um, Just so they have any questions until they get to feel for, Hey, you know, people are okay with being told you go here. This is what we're doing. We're changing this up on the fly and we're going to modify.
5: Awesome, man. All right. So, we, we know what you have going on inside the brick and mortar. you got you got that game on unlocked. So a little bit of a result of being full um, and then a little bit of COVID or maybe a lot of COVID gave you the opportunity, right? And I, I find it more of an opportunity than the challenge to pivot and add to your business in a way that you could serve more people, but not have to compromise what you're doing in your four walls. So Give us a little bit of the backstory. I know you started training people in person. COVID threw the kibosh on that. So tell us how it started and, and how it's going what you're doing there with the online. Yeah.
6: Game. So, so uh, <clears throat> I actually met my wife through the gym. Um, we got married, and then uh, we were living at our parents' house here in Lake Nona. And I had hired coaches to coach my gym, and I realized like, okay, I need to make more money. Cause now I'm that coach. I'm not paying myself to coach. Now I need to make more money on the side. How can I do this? So I actually, like I said, I went from living in the closet to moving in with her at her parents' house. Um, I still basically had nothing. Like I still was only making, I think I was only making like maybe a thousand dollars a month. Um, and I was like, I gotta do something different. So I actually borrowed, I never had a suit in my life. So I borrowed a suit from one of her friends. And it was probably like two sizes too small. I Man, I looked like this meathead walking in. Like it was – my sleeves were about to rip on my arms. Um, the belt – the pants were way too tight. It, it looked ridiculous. But I had this idea that I would go from apartment complex to apartment complex and golf and country club to golf and country club here in this town and uh, introduce myself as the personal trainer at of Lake Nona, so I did that. It took me about, and I had one of my members who eventually became one of my business partners. I had him write me up a resume because I didn't even know how to write my own resume. So I'm just, I'm throwing shit against the wall, just trying to see where things lay. And I went to an apartment complex, you know, introduced myself to the activity manager. She loved me, put my flyer up on the door, picked up a couple of clients, and then I went to uh, my neighborhood where I was living at Village Walk. And this is the first neighbor I've ever seen this, but they have their own gas station inside the neighborhood and they had a great gym. And so I went in there, introduced myself as the personal trainer. The activity director in there was willing to just like hand over everything. She didn't want to handle, she's like, you can help me handle the people in the gym, like take their concerns, take their questions, let me know when some of the equipment's broken and needs to be fixed. She goes, you can be the personal trainer of Village Walk. I was like, all right, fine. So I went in there, you know, I didn't know what to expect when I said I borrowed a suit just started talking to people. So this one-on-one thing started off very slow. Um, I was charging, you know, $35 for, for half an hour and $50 for an hour. Um, and I eventually built myself up and go having one client, you know, sometimes at 4am in the morning and some clients would be at 9pm at night. I was just taking all the clients I can get. My coaches are coaching my gym for me so I could focus on this. And over a course of let's say a year and a half to two years, um, I was charging a hundred dollars an hour or $55 for half an hour. And I was seeing 28 clients a week. Uh, so I was making good money. Uh, I was working from, like I said, 6.00 AM. I would haul I, like just back to back clients inside this little neighborhood. I was at a one-stop shop all the way up to 12. I would go home, take a nap, go to my gym, work out from 12 or oh, from like 1:30 to three 30. And then go back at village walk and meet people from 4:30 to about seven. And it was just back to back clients. And then, uh, COVID hit, man, and like I said, I was at 28 clients, and when COVID hit, it quickly went from 28 clients down to zero, and uh, that that was a hard smack, and then my gym was closed down at the same time, so there was no revenue coming in, and uh, I realized that I can't sit back and just wait like these next three or four weeks, like what am I gonna do, so I started researching online, like how to be an online trainer and stuff like that, and see what, you know, the ins and outs of that was, and how much money people were making, and I found Vince DeMonte, he had a six-figure or yeah six-figure uh, coaching program, so I signed up for that and then went to his seven-figure mastermind camp, uh, which was a year process and learned so much, man. Like the scalability for online coaching is unlimited, so that's my main focus now. I do have a, co- I did build my one-on-ones back back up to about fifteen clients, um, but I've slowly introduced them to my online method and got them to go online, which is a little bit more, you know. Affordable for them but it's way more scalable for me so now i can chat with him and talk to him and, and coach you know up to 200 people a day if i wanted to through online scalability yeah, so pivoting was a big part of it instead of sitting back being scared and just waiting not doing anything like i'm one of those guys i just like let's let's throw shit over here and see what sticks you know rather than sitting back and just waiting for whatever to happen
5: yeah. And one of the other things that I think is is super honorable that you brought up earlier was it's not just unlimited growth potential for you. It's an opportunity for you to take some of your coaches that you have in place or maybe some other people that you may have not even met them yet and give people opportunities to have a more financially rewarding career in fitness than they could do with just, you know, maxing out in, you know, in-person personal training or or group coaching. So you're already thinking about not just yourself, but how can I build a team of successful people that are going to take care of my clients and I get to take care of them?
6: Yeah. So I would love to have like, you know, for instance, my morning coach, Faustino, I would love to have him coach my morning class at the gym. And in the afternoon, if you want extra money to help me coach and check in on my online clients, maybe we give him you know, client one through 50. Hey, check in on these people. It'll take you about an hour, hour and a half to check on all 50 people, whatever the case is. I'm just throwing a number out there and maybe have my evening class, evening coach, Jenna, you know, while she's coaching the evening class, but maybe in the morning, she's going on the backside of my online program and making sure people are checking in for the workouts, see if they have any question about nutrition and if there's a major question then she can relate back to me and say hey rec can you respond back to this i'm not sure how to answer it and then from there i can go into deep detail about that question so yeah giving my coaches an opportunity to earn more um with you know doing what they do and doing what they love coaching but without having to leave their house again
5: yeah it's amazing that you know the biggest i think silver lining in the dark cloud of COVID is all these opportunities that were there bubbling under the surface. And we knew as trainers that we could provide, but the world wasn't ready for it. And then people started seeing, hey, I can train from the comfort of my home. I don't have to worry about putting on $300 worth of Lululemon to look cute at the gym. I can, I can roll out of bed and do my workout. Or now people are working from home and they only have an hour lunch break. They can still get their workout in without driving 15 minutes to the gym, which, you know, where you are is about one mile, um, you know, drive 15 minutes to the gym, workout for, it's a two hour process for people. So it's made it more convenient and shockingly people will pay more for convenience than almost anything else these days, right? That's the reason why the, the neighborhood gas station can charge you eight bucks for a gallon of milk because you don't have to go to the grocery store. So this whole world is opening up. And and every time I hear someone say, oh, nobody wants to do that, or it's not the same, I personally, and we had this discussion off the air, I think the only reason to not get into the online world, if you truly exist to help people in your business, is either you like it or you don't like it, right? I'm personally, I just, I don't love it. So I don't get into it. I won't do anything I don't love. But if you feel like you can give a good service and that's your drive, man, the potential is unlimited out there.
6: So first off, I was one of those guys that like, oh, no one's gonna, you know, back in the day, like no one's gonna wanna be coached online. You gotta be an in-person thing. They gotta be at the gym. Uh, they can't get real results coaching online. So I was one of those guys, I never paid attention to Facebook or Instagram, or anything like that. Like I said, COVID kind of forced my hand to go that way. And then I realized like, yeah, people are willing and they want to work out at home or work out in the gym and follow a program. So I have my app built out. Um, I use True Coach for my app. I send them the workouts, give them the warm ups, check in with them through there. And it's a different avatar because you have some people who want to do one-on-ones that they want you to hold their hand. They want you to get the weights for them. They want you to hand them the barbell. They want you to do this. They just want to meet in person. And then you have another avatar that's kind of like, I want to get this done. I just need help. I don't know where to go with this. So you do have two different types of people. Like I do, like I said earlier, I have, I tried to make my one-on-ones go with my online program and about 80% of them did go online. It's like I said, more convenient to them. They don't have to drive to meet me somewhere. They don't have to take the extra 15 minutes of driving one way and 15 minutes driving back. They can do it right from their home. I can program the workout to be 10 minutes long, 30 minutes long, an hour long, whatever it is. Um, but then I have some clients that just they do not want to go online. They want me there in person, or they will not get out of bed in the morning, or they will not do the workout, no matter what it is, without a person meeting them in person. So you do have the type of people that you do have to hold their hands, and you do have the type of people that are looking for a result, and they will do the follow the online program.
5: Amazing, man. You have this really, really thought through and, and fleshed out. So You've got your brick-and-mortar gym. That's doing well. You've got this online thing that's got unlimited potential. As entrepreneurs, I feel like there's always a – it's almost like the infomercial. But wait, there's more. Is there anything else in the works for you? Anything else that you want to eventually expand the business to be beyond your online training and uh, the gym in
6: Lake Nona? So my my gym in Lake Nona um, is more – it's more for family than it is for like a business to me. Like I'm not looking to explode my CrossFit gym. I'm looking to help as many people as I can through it. Um, but I want to keep it a family base. Like I said, it's, it's more of a a hobby now than it is trying to blow it up to this massive gym because the walls are only so big. And then in my area where I'm at, like it's, it's so dense right now. Like just to rent the space out is like 15 K a month for like a little 1500 square foot place. Like it's insane. So we're not going to move. We're probably not going to knock down the walls and build anything bigger like where we're, we're at. So building up my online presence is what I'm focused on now. And like I said, it's unlimited for that because I can hire unlimited amount of coaches. If I need help with, I can reach out to as many entrepreneurs to get help with online stuff. Like I said, I've, I've joined uh, Vince DeMonte, seven figure mastermind, Jason Millan's um, online or on-demand coaching. And I'm right now I'm working with onboard me, Um, and just working the ins and outs of running an online business.
5: Awesome, man. Well, that about wraps up for the time that we have here. Last question. This is going to be an easy one for anybody listening that wants to see some of the things you're doing, the online business, the in-person, what are the websites? What are the social media? Where are they going and see what Rhett's doing out there in the world?
6: Yeah. So Facebook, I'm really heavily on Facebook. So just Rhett Barber on Facebook. And then if you're on Instagram at Rhett Barber fitness, And YouTube is where I post all my videos and stuff too, is uh, Brett Barber Fitness. All right, man. Well, I really appreciate you being on with us today. It's been a pleasure
5: talking business with you. I wish you continued success out there. Keep killing the game. Awesome, man. Thanks for having me on. You're welcome. And to everyone out there listening, we appreciate you. Thanks for spending part of your day with us. We hope you found value, inspiration, and education in this episode. If you want to hear more, Click the subscribe button, we'll notify you when new episodes drop. To everyone out there in Jim Wards Nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives. Jim Wards out.
0: Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at Alex'sBook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alex'sgroup.com.